0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts back for another podcast with Phil as we're going to talk about bonds this go around, a little FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, when it comes to the world of bonds.
1: What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. What exactly is a bond
0: and how does it work?
1: All right, so a bond is just another way to, to have ownership or invest in a company. I guess it wouldn't even be ownership in this case because there's stock, you're, you're an equity owner. You actually own a portion of the company. A bond, you're really lending company your money to the company. You're
0: loaning them money, right?
1: You're loaning them money effectively, if you want to think of it that way. So it's another way of investing in a company. Okay. Um, you know, So from a, a general standpoint, um, it's thought to be more secure. Than a, a stock. I mean, a stock. The equity ownership. Um, there's no guarantee. There's no backing of anything. You have whatever's think of it. Whatever's left if the company gets liquidated, hmm. you're an equity owner, so you get the, the the spoils that are left after everything gets paid off. Okay. Right. A bond owner, you know, typically you have a, a at a minimum a general guarantee of all corporate assets. You know, so if things go bad with a company, everything gets liquidated. Bondholders are going to be paid off before any equity holders would get whatever's left. Okay. So from a thing of it, like a corporate debt stack, so to speak of where you fall, you're more secure in that fashion, at least from right. a, a, a stock or an equity.
0: Okay, well that's, that's certainly a nice little uh, bonus on that part of it. So what are the differences then Phil between bond funds and an individual bond?
1: So, I mean, an individual bond, you're actually um, purchasing a portion of a, usually a larger bond offering, you know, and they might be in $5,000 increments, you know, 10,000 kind of depends on the company and how they're offering it, you know, Mm -hmm. through the, the investment bank that they use. So if you own an individual bond, then you now have the option of holding that bond to maturity, you know, so bonds, all bonds have a maturity date, meaning at the end of that date. That's when the, the company has to repay that bond. A lot of times it's repaid right. by they float another bond offering to, to pay off that bond. The bond that you own would at that point get repaid. So if you own a bond, you now have the option of holding it to maturity and, and waiting to collect that in, or that principal that's left um, at maturity, you know as long as the company hasn't gone bankrupt and mm-hmm. it's still a viable bond. Um, or you could sell it because there are markets for bonds, kind of the interim time frame. You know? So if you choose, you could sell a bond or you could even buy a bond interim like that as well um, after it's been issued from somebody else that, that has that bond. A bond fund, on the other hand, is a pooled investment where inside that, that pool, so to speak, mm-hmm. they're holding typically these corporate bonds or government bonds or whatever the bonds are, but you now just own a share of that pool. You know, So the challenge you have with that is, you no longer have the option of holding to maturity. There is no such thing from a, a bond fund because that bond manager, the person running the fund, is the one that's buying and selling individual bonds inside the fund. But the challenge with any pooled investment is always gonna be the inflows and outflows of cash. Investors every single day are buying and selling these shares of the, the pool so as money comes in, that now, that manager now has to go and find bonds that they can invest this new cash into. But gotcha. if somebody wants out, they sell their mutual fund that day, a bond fund. Well, now that manager has to generate cash to be able to make that redemption. Gotcha. Okay. So the manager is not just managing the underlying investments, the bonds, but they're also having to manage this inflow and outflow of cash every day. And that, that's what makes any pooled investment like that. Mutual funds are challenging. The investor might think that, well, I'm going to buy and hold. And I mean, that's your plan. And typically that's probably the manager's plan too, but they don't always have that option of holding to a maturity date when they might think, you know, it would be a better option to, to liquidate that bond. If there's a big outflow in a, in a period of time, they have to now accommodate that cash. They don't have an option. They can't give that investor an IOU and said, well, you know, we're going to, we weren't, we weren't going to liquidate that fund quite near that bond quite yet. So here's an IOU, we'll pay you in another 10 months yeah, when, when that yeah. bond matures. Doesn't work. Doesn't that work way. that way. You know yeah. I mean? you You okay. place the order, it gets liquidated, your cash is there, which is what you want. That's the advantage of you know, mutual funds is they are very liquid like that. Right. So. Okay.
0: Is there a difference in cost association when doing an individual versus a bond fund?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're buying an individual bond, much like buying maybe an individual stock, mm-hmm. um, you're going to typically pay some kind of a commission or a fee to purchase it. Right, right. But then when you hold it, it's yours. You know, and right. if it matures, then you just collect the funds from the, the individual company. If you want to sell it, there could be another fee for selling that individual bond. You know, so you control kind of when the fees happen because you're controlling when you buy, right, when you right. sell. Yeah. Um. In a mutual fund, the underlying manager is paying the same fees, you know, or similar, <clears throat> when a when they buy or sell, they're still paying a broker to to do that. Right. Um. But now you're paying that manager as well to manage the strategy.
0: Yep. Okay. You
1: know, so there are going to be fees associated with that mutual fund, that pool investment, just like any other, you know, whether it was a stock fund or a bond, kind of the same concept. So
0: it seems like right now things are really volatile, even though the rates are really low. I'm hearing a lot that bonds are pretty risky right this minute. It feels like it's different. Mm -hmm. Am I off there?
1: no no not at all so another way i look at it too is kind of the teeter-totter concept where you Mm -hmm. know if if the the rates are low values high kind of back and forth like that so i mean they move in the opposite direction right so yeah if if you think of it now with rates being low the risk for a bond is as rates increase then your bond value is actually going to decrease you know i always when trying to explain it to a client i always give a quick example and say you know if you had a a share of XYZ companies, or, or you know, a tranche of XYZ companies' bonds. Right. You know, and it was paying two percent, let's say, because that was the market value or market rate of interest when that bond was issued. And I want to buy a, a tranche of that company's bond, and they're now making a new offering, but market rate interest has risen, so their new offering is four percent. So if I'm trying to invest with that company, I have two options. I can buy your bond, but it's only paying two and it's locked in till maturity of that bond. Right. Or I can go over and buy the new bond from the company it's paying for. So in that case, sure, I'll buy your bond, but I'm not going to give you face value for that bond because I want to get my 4%. So I might pay you something less, a discount, so to speak, on face.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so that's an example of why that happens that way. And also explains what we've seen in the bond market over the last 10, 15 years, as rates have dropped, value has increased Mm -hmm. for that same reason. If I had a bond that was paying four, but markets now two, I can actually get a higher price than face. You know, my bond gets 4%
0: you know, one of the reasons to have the conversation often is because of the, the old axioms and the tried yep. and trues of, well, we should be moving more to bonds as we age for, for safety and so on and so forth. And, and so that's really just like just about everything that in the modern era, a lot of those things are out the window because they don't yes. really hold with what's going on economically right now. So what percentage of assets should maybe a new retiree uh, or even a pre-retiree in today's environment, be considering holding in bonds? Is there is there a number?
1: Well, and that's always a challenge. I mean, it, you know, you go back to the old rules of thumb concepts. Yeah, I mean, you know, sixty forty stock bond allocation was always kind of the starting point. You know, that's the right. traditional retirement portfolio. But that forty percent, the the bond portion historically has been a conservative, more conservative asset. And right. still from an equity standpoint, it's going to be more conservative. You don't see bonds moving in value as quick as equities. Although right. you still can lose 10, 15, 20% in a bond, I mean, depending yeah. on how quickly interest rates climb. Right. You know, So you've got to just be conscious of Really, how that risk works? Don't take it at a face value. That old axiom that, well, bonds are more conservative, so I should be moving more in that direction.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Fed says they're not going to make any changes, but I mean, you know,
1: yeah, a different,
0: <laughs> you know, are you banking on that?
1: Right, right. Is retirement and, I mean, on that, right? Yeah, I mean, at, at some point, it it happens. I mean, markets move in cycles, interest rates move in cycles, inflation moves in cycles. So, we've been bouncing around this very low interest rate point for a while now. Yeah. And they've tried increasing it a couple of times and, you know, had some resistance. So it's dropped back down. Right. But at some point, especially now that there's been all this cash put into the system with the, all the, the borrowing, you know, they're going to start pulling that money back out and it's yeah. going to start to cause inflation. Interest rates are going to rise. I mean, it's just what's going to happen. Gotcha. Bonds may still be a, a right vehicle. The, the, the challenge there is you're probably going to have to, shorten the maturity because that's the other challenge with bonds is the longer the maturity, the more volatility you're going to have mm-hmm. because there's more uncertainty to what that rate's going to be when that bond matures. That's you know, right. versus yeah. if it's a short maturity, that, that time frame for the, the change in interest rates is, is lower. So you'll see a lot of bond funds, they might be moving to a shorter maturity as interest rates rise just so that they can reduce risk. Mm-hmm. And as interest rates increase, they can now reposition bond assets into the higher paying bonds and kind of ride that interest rate up. So, and, and that's the challenge with bond funds is you, again, aren't in control of that. You right. know? So yeah. you're going to have to be very conscious of underlying bonds that are in there and the potential exposure that, that the manager has in the fund. Um, and what that means to you long-term, um, it's probably not as conservative as, of a, a vehicle as you... Typically, would have thought. That's what I you would have
0: so, thought. It, yeah.
1: Now, I mean, if you hold the individual bond and, and you know, structure a portfolio of individu- individual bonds, mm-hmm. as long as you're not pl- uh, planning on selling those and, and you're kind of structuring it based on maturity, um, then that could work because now you're not going to be subject to that volatility, you know, okay. provided that company is. Um, still there and, and viable at the point that the bond matures. That's your, your biggest risk in an individual bond.
0: So Phil, as we're wrapping up this conversation about bonds, any, I guess, alternatives to offer people a suggestion to think about? Because if we're sitting here saying, hey, there's beware of the risks, there's definitely some more things going on there than we might typically think, what are some alternatives?
1: Well, so first is if you're still looking at bonds and, and thinking that's probably the direction you wanna head, it's not just the individual bond or the bond mutual fund anymore Um, in the markets today, they're evolving. There's some really interesting vehicles through exchange traded funds Mm -hmm. where they have, think of it almost like a target date, you Mm -hmm. know, so you can buy a exchange traded fund that has a pool of bonds that are all set to mature in the next year, two, three, five, whatever it is, 10. So you can almost build your own bond ladder, not getting tied into a single company, but into a pool using exchange traded funds. So if you're comfortable with that concept of a bond, you know, that could be an alternative right. than buying those individual bonds, which have a higher entry point and are more concentrated with a company.
0: Okay. And um, they and they trade more like a stock. An and net. they trade
1: just like a stock. Right. Yeah. So you can always buy and sell or they're very liquid. So yeah. if, if it isn't the right alternative or if you see a good opportunity because interest rates have fallen again and you know want to reset things, you can. Okay. Um so there's a lot of flexibility um another alternative that uh, a lot of people are looking at today is some kind of an insurance product annuities um right. whole topic we can get into on annuities and not to say that they're the right vehicle for everyone but they can provide some safety from principle like bonds the concept of bonds do you can potentially get a little bit higher interest rate yeah. you know so you can have exposure if it's an equity indexed annuity to some equity side, so have maybe a little bit more upside, not all of it, still capped, but have a little bit more upside um, and and have some safety of principle. So there are some other alternatives that you might not have been comfortable thinking of before, but in the, the bond environment we're in today, I would at least encourage you to explore it. You know, and, and as a fiduciary, yeah. something that I approach with clients all the time. I don't care which direction you head. It's your your plan, your goal. Right. I'm going to show you pros and cons. Here's a yeah. an option that I think might be a good fit. Here's the pro and con of it.
0: There you go. That's our conversation this week on the podcast about bonds. Some frequently asked questions. As always, if you've got questions, check with an advisor before you take any action. Reach out to Phil 248-888-7530, 248-888-7530, or just stop by the website as well. You can book some time with him or uh, subscribe to the podcast. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and information at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com, and you can get a link actually right over to Phil's main website as well. So that's going to do it this week, Phil. Thanks for hanging out with me, my friend. We'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney from AFS Wealth Management. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.